What's up, y'all? It's Russ Parr, and welcome to the Russ Parrcast. Today's episode, we're talking to two of my favorite comedians. Yes, one is Dion Cole. You see him on Blackish. He's hilarious. Also, my man Ricky Smiley. We're gonna have fun today, y'all. Let's start off with my man Dion Cole. On the phone line right now, one of the funniest brothers, one of the funniest actors, socially conscious. Just a crazy motherfucker, y'all. Just, just keep it real. His name is Dion Cole. You see him on Blackish. His stand-ups are superior, well thought out, misogynistic. Just everything you deplore about comedy, which makes it funny. But he's deeper than that because this brother writes. He he did time in prison. No, I'm making all that up. I just wanted to just build it up to make it like it's like really great shit. You know what I'm saying? Dion, how you doing, bro? Man, I can't call it, man. How you doing? I'm just fine. I just want to say, you know, for a lot of people that don't that don't uh, know a lot about Dion Cole, then you're just missing because I, I sat up with my 92 year old father, and he was on the floor. I mean, him being 92, it's hard for him to get off the floor. Watching you do stand up, man, and uh, Cole Hearted was brilliant. Uh, you know, listen, you. You, you're just a brilliant dude. And I know people stroke you all the time, man, but you, you did something that's really important because one of the things I say all the time about comedians, they're some of the best actors. They're probably the most creative writers that can really tug on your heart and, and, and deal with emotion. But you, you did this, this film, um, I'm Fine, Thanks for Asking, that everybody is tripping out about. Can, can you give us a little background about that film? Yeah, so um, it's a movie we just produced uh, called I'm Fine, Thanks for Asking. It's about a recent widow mother who becomes houseless, and she convinces her eight-year-old daughter that they're only camping for fun while she tries to work it out and get them off the street. So it's a very, you know, serious, deep movie about, you know, the times of what's going on right now, especially with this pandemic. There's a lot of homeless people houseless people right now that are, that are living in their cars and tents or whatever. And so my uh, partner and director and star of the movie as well, uh, Kelly Callis, she uh, was riding around L.A. one day and saw how, how so many uh, homeless people were. And then she started noticing how many homeless women there were, mm. families. And, you know, it just hit her to be like, man, we should do this movie or whatever. So we all got together and, uh, me, her, um, our other producer partners, uh, Capello Fahoun and Roma Kong and Angelique Molina, we all got together and, uh, man, we, um, created this movie. We shot it during the pandemic and, uh, wow. you know, now it's premiering at South by Southwest Festival. You know, our very first movie to be premiering at a film festival is crazy and, Shout out to South by Southwest for having us. And uh, premieres this week. You can go to South by Southwest, S-X-S-W, and uh, get tickets for the premiere of the movie. And uh, Or you can, you can also go to our Instagram page, at Thanks for Asking Movies, see the trailer, um, some footage, and all of that, man, if, if, if anyone wants to check out the trailer you know, for the movie. Or whatever, so. You know, Dion... You know, there are so many stories, and when you go to research something like this, all you got to do is just get in your car and drive around. And I, that's I, all you got to do. That's all you got to do. That's, that's, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's exactly what happened. 
I mean, her research was driving in her car mm. and seeing what was going on. And and here we are, a movie late. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But you know, Dion, it's like, oh, yeah, man. Me, me being from Los Angeles and, you know, still having family in California, California started off really pr- uh-huh. with a pretty bad homeless situation. And when COVID hit, yeah. it had made it on steroids because you can legally like live on, on a, on a sidewalk and they, they can't legally do anything with you. So now we have a lot of families in the streets and I love the premise of this story. I can't wait to see this movie because you're talking about someone trying to protect their child's psyche. Is that where you guys are going with this? Exactly. You want to be able to protect your child at all costs, especially in a situation like this. So, you protecting your child's mind is just as important as you protecting their physical. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what she's doing in this movie. She's protecting her child's mind, you know, and letting her know that, yeah, we're fine. You know, we're fine. We're going to be fine. Mm-hmm. And, and so, you, yeah, you got to check out the movie and see what, what happens. Right. But, yeah, it's protecting her psyche, definitely. So let me kind of double back on you a little bit because I know you got to talk to other people. But as a writer, yeah. as a writer, and you're a comedic writer, do you find it difficult to write drama? Well, I think the writing process goes with how how you're feeling when you, when you're thinking. So it's your thought process that you have to be in, and to switch it on and off is really it's not that compelling, but it can be. It's kind of like when you're with your mother, the way you are with your mother aren't the way that you are with your kids, and the way that you are with your kids aren't the way that you are with your with your spouse. So it's like just turning the switch on in order to be, you know, different things or whatever. Um, when it came to, I'm trying to thank for asking, um, I, I, I added in very little, mm-hmm. but it was it was the girls who who wrote and put it all together, man. And like I said, I came on as a producer, uh, got into the movie, uh, uh, being a part of the movie, and uh, yeah, we went from there. But the whole storyline and everything was like together, and yeah, it was like something that I that I that I was blown away about mm. as well. So yeah, we when we finished this, we jumped on other projects and we finished other projects together and now you know me and kelly we've been writing partners for nice. years now and got a lot of other projects happening too you, you know i have a hard time you know i write also and i have a hard time writing with other people you know i have people say oh come on russ let's do it let's yeah, do a screenplay man. and i'm like i gotta go by myself and then i'll just go ahead and send you the bones and you can add what you want i don't know can you sit down with somebody Free. can you sit down with somebody because i can't do that man. You're more talented Kelly than me. Kelly is the very first man. <laughs> Kelly is the very first person I was able to jail with like that. Like, mm. don't get me wrong, I've I've worked with other people, but our ideas kind of like banged it, and and, and and we kind of banged and went against certain things or whatever. And and, and and there's a few people that I really, really ended up rocking with, right? right. With, you know, right. like I got a couple other partners that I have projects with. But it was just something about Kelly that we just jailed. And right. it was like, you know, like finishing each other's sentences. Almost. Nice. So, so you have that connection. That's, that's, that's different. When you find somebody, yeah, when you find somebody that gets it, then that's it. 
person you need to be around. Have you ever had a moment where you wrote something and an actor changes it and you just want to go beat their ass? <laughs> that's how. That's Hollywood, baby. <laughs> that's so you just changed my I'm, shit, dude. Are you are you serious? Look, look, my look, line I'm is better than yours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that happens all the time. Even even on Blackish, man. Sometimes I I add them the scene, and they'll be like, "Yeah, that's fine. Just do it the way we wrote it." And I'm like, ah, "Okay." Yeah. But that's that's just how it is. You one thing about in Hollywood, you can't be married to nothing you create, man. I say it you, all the if time. You get married to it, man. Yeah. You're you're hey, but Dion. I say that all the time. I say that all the time. I said, hey, listen, y'all want to, you know, I'll give you this this draft, the director's draft, uh, but I'm not married to any of this. I'm not married to any of this. I'm lying like a motherfucker because I am married to it. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm paying child support on this script. Fuck y'all changing shit. Man, look, you'll have you some fucking heartbroken to that other producer. And a bunch of people that have never written a script before in their lives, trying to justify their jobs, making changes, cheapening your shit. Come on, man. You can tell I'm a frustrated writer-director, right? You can tell that, right? Because <laughs> you're too busy being married to the shit. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's time to get a divorce. Yeah, you got, you got, you got, you got to get some leeway. You got to get some leeway right. in order for other people to come on and do whatever. And then you'll be less heartache. Yeah, and, and your and your shit will be out. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> All right, the movie's Which called. Is the most important part. Yeah, exactly. The movie's called. I'm fine. Thanks for asking. The storyline is absolutely just gives me goosebumps thinking about it. I can't wait to watch it. I want to see where you guys went with it. Uh, after people can watch it, is it, is it moving to like uh, one of the other um, platforms, like maybe Netflix or Prime Video or whatever? Man, that would be great. That would be great. We're focused on the festival right now, man. And mm-hmm. so we just want everybody to come to the festival, check it out, man. Get the buzz going, people to see it, enjoy yeah. it. It's going to be at South by Southwest this week, everybody. I think in a couple of days, man. So if you can go to, you can go to at SXSW and you can see the whole layout for our movie and the festival and everything. Well, Dion, you know, I'm a, I'm a big fan. You probably don't know. You should know it by now. All these accolades I've given you, man, because I think you're a brilliant actor. Uh, one day I, I, I can't wait to work with you. You know, I've worked with Anthony and then just about everybody else. And, you know, Anthony's an asshole. And, and, and you can tell him Russ Parr says you're an asshole and, and he'll say something just as derogatory. But I heard you're one of the goodest dudes in the business. And goodest is not a word, but I'm going to go ahead and use it anyway. You're one of the goodest dudes in the business. You're funny. Uh, Linnell was saying, hey, 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 they say, man, Dion Cole is a dude that you want to get to know, Russ. And I said, well, look, I'm looking forward to it. But you're prophetic, you're talented. And I remember one beautiful thing that you once said to a good friend of mine that just has stuck with me to this day. And, and, and that friend was Gabrielle Dennis. And you said, all I ever wanted was a body wash. Yeah, Dion Cole, man, he's a funny dude. You see him on Blackish, you see him everywhere. And of course, uh, yes, he's doing big things in the film world. Up next, one of my good buddies. Yes, you hear him on the morning shows around the country. His name is Ricky Smiley. And of course, Ricky's got his antidote for just about everything. So let's go ahead and do this. Ricky Smiley, y'all. 
Yes, sir. On the phone line, one of my best friends, his name is Ricky Smiley. And uh, Ricky, I talked about you the other day uh, because yeah. Dave Chappelle, you know, tested positive. And uh, I said, Ricky going to be mad at me saying this because, you know, I worry about you all the time. You like my little brother. Because right, I know right. you tour. I said, comedians. And I, and I said on the radio, I said, well, He's a good friend of mine. He's a radio broadcaster. He's a stand-up comic, and he's doing tours. And Frida's like, now who's that going to be? <laughs> so she boiled down. I was talking about Ricky. Because you know I've right. said something to you, man. Are you safe out there? I try not to tell you that. I don't want you doing it. But, hey, you know, you're a grown-ass man. I can't tell you what to do. But I hope you've yeah. been safe out there, man. Oh, yeah. We, we do shows, man. And I, I have two fans behind me on stage to blow the air back out. Mm-hmm. And, uh... You know, I got I got somebody randomly coming around spraying lights off or whatever. All of a sudden, every three minutes, a burst of freshness uh, comes uh, comes over the congregation. So you know, and and you know, we only do half the audience, so we we keep it real safe. And uh, you know, I wear my mask on headed to the stage, and I wear my mask coming off stage, and and kind of don't sit in in the dressing room too much. And stuff. So I, 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 I do social distance for real. I've been doing social distance before coronavirus came out because people get on my nerves. <laughs> but you know what? I, one thing, Ricky has sent me a video, and I know you had posted it on YouTube or whatever, but he yeah. went through his medicine cabinet of everything he is taking. Are you still taking everything. all that stuff? Zinc, vitamin yeah, D. Off, yeah, I want to encourage everybody, let everybody know you need 5,000 milligrams 5,000 international units of vitamin D every day. Uh, you need your omega fish oil every day. That's an anti-inflammatory vitamin. You need your probiotic. And if you call uh, Dr. MJ Collier in Atlanta at lipodrop.com, uh, this is a black doctor graduated from Morehouse, have yet to lose a COVID patient. And I got coronavirus back in February or March, and I did not have one symptom. I didn't sneeze. I didn't cough. Mm. I have been on those vitamins for three years. I've been taking those vitamins for three years. And if you want to know why a lot of black people uh, pass away from cancer, it's because of vitamin D deficiency. If you take mm. vitamin D every day and a, a, a cancer cell enters your body, that vitamin D will kick its ass. When you get diagnosed with cancer, the first thing they do is give you a high dosage of vitamin D. Mm. So, you know, we don't sit out in the sun, and a lot of us are vitamin D deficient. So, 5,000 international units of vitamin D every mm-hmm. single day. And it's the black doctor that do his own vitamins. Mm-hmm. Go to lipodrop.com, lipodrop.com, and uh, take your vitamins every day. And I take mm-hmm. seven vitamins every single day. And I'm 52 and can still run faster than my oldest. Oh, yeah. And, man, and, and don't play catch with him playing football. This dude threw a football at, my, at me one time. It was oh, a yeah. tight spiral and broke three fingers. That's how hard it was. I still still got my arm. When you grew up in the state of Alabama, I know full-blown transvestites that played little league football, and they now they now women, and they still got their talent. They're still, they're still. I know a a big dude that's a woman now, but he is still cool. You put him on a helmet, he's still a good pulling guard, and he still he still know the plays from high school. You are not. We we just got through talking to Dr. Melissa Clark, and she's talking about how um, so many black people don't want to put that poison in their arm, and they're so fearful. I never asked you, or do you plan to take the vaccine when it's available? I, 
I absolutely plan to take the vaccine. And I plan to take my parents down there and take the vaccine. If you sit down and have a conversation with the doctor, see, man, listen, like I told I was having a debate with my daughter. She said, well, they said, I said, who are they? See, this is what, I, this is what black people do. They say they. Mm. Who are they? Right. They said, hey, sit down and talk to somebody that went to medical school. Now, you mean to tell me a doctor that went to Morehouse Spelman that's out here trying to save lives going to encourage you to put some poison in your arm? You know they didn't did the research. They might not discover the vaccine, but they understand what the vaccine do. And a lot of them, they, they know what they're talking about. And I trust them. And I understand the Tuskegee experiment and all that stuff. Yeah. But the vaccine is just it just gives you immunity. It does what your body if you recover from COVID or whatever, your body is gonna naturally develop antibodies. Right. And that's what the vaccine is gonna do. It's the same thing. We're talking no. to Dr. Ricky Smiley, uh, ladies and gentlemen, and uh... yes, man. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you spend time you spend time with a doctor and you seek knowledge. Oh yes, absolutely. Like you 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 learn you learn everything, but absolutely. I want to encourage Everybody go out here and take that vaccine because that virus hit everybody different. You Absolutely. You might not survive it. So if you get an opportunity, and the biggest thing Dr. Collier is saying, he couldn't get people to come and take the vaccine. And and people just were like, I'm taking it. And I, I you know, I'm sure there's. I'm taking it. And, and, and Ricky, you know, there's a lot of people that are scared of needles. Oh, man, I'm scared of needles. Dude, be scared of COVID. Yeah. Because we're dying yeah. at disproportionate numbers. We got to do something about it. Ricky, I know you got to go, but listen, man, I appreciate it. It's always great. You know, my brother that you yeah, can always talk to me. We got to talk about our food next time, our, our little Saturday morning uh, cook-offs. Yeah, we got we got, we got to be, be safe out here and uh, be glad when coronavirus over because it's hard to go go down on your girl with a mask on. All right, Russ. <laughs> <laughs> Good. <laughs> You're a fool. Ricky, smile at y'all. Yeah. All right, my man, Ricky Smiley. All right, what I always do to end this episode, we have a rant, and I'm ranting about racism, unfortunately, again. Okay, listen, you know, when the racism is just so prevalent, it just seems like, yo, every day, Rush, you're talking about racism. Uh, yeah, because every day we have to deal with it. What is in the water in Texas? We got some real racist people that are making laws that are governing you in the state of Texas. Now, listen, yes, Texas is the grand old South. We expect a certain amount of racism is going to be quite prevalent there. But these elected officials on Capitol Hill, they get up on the floor and just say racist things that's really got to really freak you out. Representative Chip Roy Basically says, well, here in Texas, what we do is we find the highest oak tree and we hang the bad guys. Basically, he's talking about, you know, they're having a debate about all the violence against Asians. And he's talking about the communists in China and, you know, we need to hang them from trees. That is kind of inappropriate for 2021. I, I don't know what's in the water there. That lieutenant governor, he's sick as hell. These people are just basically racist. He's talking about these people coming over on the border. They're enemies of ours. He's basically talking about lynching. Who's comfortable talking about lynching right now? Who does that? 
But Texas doesn't corner the market on racism. How about that Ron Johnson in Wisconsin was basically saying if the insurrectionists uh, were Black Lives Matter people, that he had been really scared. Ooh, those fearful black people. Instead of the yahoos that went up there and killed police officers and maimed people. Oh, Ron Johnson. Okay, I understand. If they were black, it had been worse. Unbelievable. But hats off to the governor of, of Maryland who came out and pimp slapped Chip Roy of Texas talking about his comments were inappropriate. I'm just kind of paraphrasing here. He should be disgusted. And one of the reasons why Hogan came out, because his wife is Korean. Because, you know, racists, they're, they're not very bright. They kind of lump all Asians into one, one specific group. But at least Hogan had some balls and stood up to the racists and made comments. And he's a Republican. But there was one Republican that was silent, that said nothing, and his wife is Asian too. Now, if, if I'm his wife, this would be a good reason not to have sex with him because he did not say anything. And I'm talking about Mitch, Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell. I, you're my boyfriend. She's, she's a, a American. Uh, I, I don't know. She's, uh, yeah, he said nothing. He pulled a Ted Cruz. What a P word. What a P Valley here, man. Let me just tell you something. If somebody says one word about my wife, somebody looks at my wife wrong, man, as old as my ass is, I'm stepping, stepping right to you. But Mitch McConnell says nothing. Oh, it's, it's okay to be racist and everything. Yes, I, I've got my Asian wife at home. And try. You're not going to even defend her? That's why Hogan, man, Hogan's cool. He's like, you're not going to say that stuff. But, you know, you got these guys that you're electing. Chip Roy, you're electing Abbott, DeSantis, all these people. Do your due diligence, y'all. Please find out who they are. They don't represent the values of America. They're no longer trying to hide. They're telling you, I don't like you. Let's find a tree and string you up. They're already telling you that in your face. And y'all want to continue to do nothing? It's time to do something. Use the vote. And I don't want to cast dispersions on all white folks, but when you're quiet, you're complicit. You have to say something. You have to speak up. Call Stacey Abrams. She'll tell you how to do it. But we continue to get outraged, and, and, and we get dismayed when we hear these racist comments, and it's how a lot of them think. It's unfortunate. We have to make racist a minority in this country and let them feel it. That's my rant. Thanks for listening to the Russ Podcast. Make sure you subscribe and give us a rating and let everyone in your circle know about the Russ Podcast. We'll be dropping Russ's rants occasionally, so make sure you check that out. And a new episode each week. Check me out during the weekday mornings on the Russ Par Morning Show, syndicated nationally. Make sure you follow us on all socials at Russ Par Show. Thanks again, y'all.